Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, July 26th, and welcome to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. I'm the host, Rich Charpentier, and thanks for stopping by and checking out the podcast again. So this is episode three, and it's being recorded before 7 a.m., so I'm going to try to regularly do these in the mornings. It's too hot during the day to uh, do the podcasts in the afternoons without the air conditioner running in the background, so who wants to hear that? So today is going to be Tech Talk Thursday, so each week I'm going to make sure to specifically do some Tech Talk on Thursdays. We might also do Tuesdays as well, because I do have a lot of things to talk about when it comes to mobile tech and full-time RVing or mobile tech even for highly mobile people who are flying all over the place. So today I want to talk about modern camping. So I've been uh, I've been in the Airstream since 2006, and a lot has changed. Now, when I left New England in uh, 2006, um, I had a MacBook Pro with me, and uh, that was about it—a bunch of um, a bunch of portable hard drives as well. Uh, no cool microphones like the Yeti here. Uh, so so I was a little bare bones when I hit the road. Um, in addition to the MacBook Pro, I also had a wireless router for a PCM CIA card. I don't know if you guys remember those. They were the big cards that would slide into the side of your laptop, and some desktops had ports for them as well. Uh, what went into that PCM CIA card was a Verizon 1X data card. So when I hit the road, I had internet coverage wherever there was Verizon, which was awesome. So I was pretty cutting edge at the time in 2006. And today, most everyone's got mobile hotspots that are built right into their phones. So there's a huge change. Actually, as I was traveling in 2006 and uh, visiting different places, I remember one time going to the Airstream International Rally, which was in Salem, Oregon. And um, there weren't many people who had portable internet. So I I had uh, people over regularly near my Airstream uh, I was letting them on the network, and um, I finally stopped that one morning uh, when I got up in the morning and found several people outside the Airstream while I was still waking up. It wasn't even 6 o'clock in the morning. But so today, people aren't gathering around my Airstream or anybody else's RV because um, we've all got mobile internet. So, you know, here we are 12 years later. Now now we uh, all depend on the internet for our connectivity and um, it's, it's very interesting. RV parks will now get poor ratings if they don't have Wi-Fi or if they've got terrible Wi-Fi coverage. Back in 2006, that really wasn't a consideration when you pulled into an RV park. The big question was, will my satellite work here or do they offer cable? So, so we've seen a sizable change um, in connectivity. So most of us are now connected. And we actually use the internet to find our next camping location, um, communicate with family, upload videos, upload podcasts, you name it, we're all doing it, um, which is pretty cool. But at the same time, um, all this extra connectivity, we're so connected that I think we're pretty disconnected. And I don't know how you feel about this, but... um, you know, as it's evolved, and I, I've been very impressed with the evolution, by the way. So I'm not uh, I'm not complaining about um, mobile connectivity. Heck, I use it for my job every day. But 
for people who are out camping and just having a fun time, I think that um, I think that our overconnected society is actually taking away from camping. So modern camping today uh, isn't what it was just 12 years ago. And I'm not talking about throwing up tents. I'm talking about, um, you know, RV camping here. So over the years, I've watched it develop from where I was one of the only people uh, with a network connection while I was traveling to everyone having a network connection where they're traveling. And it really has changed the campers around me when I've been to places. For one example, a couple of years ago, going to Borrego Springs, uh, Anza Borrego, California, I was meeting up with some other friends and we had a great meetup and it was nice to see them again. But I was noticing something with some of the big class A's pulling into uh, Anza Borrego State Park. Um, just across from me, diagonal where my Airstream was parked, was one of the big class A's, which are always awesome. They're gorgeous. Um, they're rolling houses. And um, I watched the people pull in, and they automatically had their um, awning come out. So they had a motorized awning, and they put up all their window shades after pulling in. And I didn't see them for, for hours of the day. So while I was uh, in the park and not uh, traveling around visiting things, I noticed that I never saw the, um, the Class A owners come out of their rig. And finally, late in the day, um, they came out of their rig. They set up their uh, patio chairs, their lawn chairs outside. And they had the chairs facing their, um, their RV. And um, I saw the guy go over to one of the side panels, which is usually where they have the underside storage on a Class A. And instead of underside storage, um, I saw a panel slide up and a large fat, flat panel TV come out. So, um, so they set up their chairs, they came out of their Class A RV, and they proceeded to watch football. So uh, it was interesting. The football didn't bother me or anything. But, um, you know, they weren't really where they were. So they're visiting this beautiful, amazing place with a gorgeous Palm Canyon. Um, they've got their rolling home with them. And um, the only time that we saw them come out was when they came out to watch television and watch a football game. Um, normally, one of the joys of traveling is actually meeting cool people along the way and making new friends, at least for me. Even though I'm pretty stationary lately with where the Airstream is in Prescott, Arizona, uh, I still meet new people who are traveling through here. And that's one of the things I really like uh, about the RV community is meeting some really cool people. So uh, beyond just seeing the, the flat panel TVs come out, and by the way, I've seen them more and more now on the larger rigs. So I've seen a lot of people pull into campgrounds and... Um, they're doing exactly what they do at home. So they, they pop out the TV. They don't go hiking the trails. They don't go mountain biking. Or in the case of here, kayaking as well. Or visiting something like the whole Prescott Circle Trail. Um, so they're really taking home with us. And they're not popping their heads out to see what's going on around them. So I find that a little disturbing. Um, one of the other things that I've seen in recent years... And I'm guilty of it, too. So I've got my iPhones. I've got my smartphones. And when I'm not working during the day and I go outside for a little while um, to uh, take a break from the computer, I'm not really taking a break from the computer because I start looking up things on my iPhone. I'm looking at the weather forecast. 
I'm seeing, oh, you know, another RVer posted something on YouTube, so I want to go see that. So um, I'm not in the moment either. I'm not taking that relaxing break from work. Um, so even when I'm away from the computer, I'm still connected. And speaking of that, one of the trends that I've seen a lot, because I do take a lot of walks around this park and other parks, and um, I've met a lot of RVing families who are traveling with kids. Some of them are full-timers, some of them aren't. And one of the interesting things that I've seen is what I just described about myself. When the kids come outside and the parents come outside, everybody's got a tablet. I mean, everybody's got a tablet. So, you know, uh, a son and a daughter are each looking at their own iPads. Mom is looking at her Android device. Dad is looking at his iPad. Um, their cousin who's over visiting is on uh, one of the Galaxy phones. Everybody's looking down at screens and nobody's looking at each other. I've actually been thinking about making a spoof video on, uh, on YouTube in the near future um, with a crackling fire and the sounds of fire in the background and then zooming the camera away to see that the campfire is actually on somebody's iPad. And um, I'm sure somebody else has done it. But seriously, uh, family interaction, I think, has been impacted uh, because of this mobile tech, because we're so overconnected, because we need to respond to every Twitter beep. We need to respond to every like on Facebook. And our phones in our pockets are vibrating every time um, we get a like, every time somebody says something about a photo, every time somebody pops by your Instagram. In my case, I've got notifications turned off on all of them because honestly, I actually can't take it. Um, it does feel overconnected. And personally, I'm making an effort every day to remind myself that when I go outside, number one, I go take a walk. And um, while I'm taking that walk, everything's turned off. I'm not looking at Facebook. I'm not looking at YouTube. Uh, and I'm not going to be checking this podcast channel. So um, you've got to remember to disconnect from the tech and reconnect with the people around you. That's, that's one of the big things that camping has always been great for for me. Just to give you one more example of how much things have changed, uh, I've, got, uh, I've got a thing from this year. So uh, my good friends Josh and Lee Saint, who uh, used to own Hiker Hostel down in Georgia at the start of the Appalachian Trail, uh, they've been traveling this year as well with the Troopies, so they're kind of doing the van life thing. And they pop through this year to pay a visit and say hey and uh, stop in for a few. And also to talk to me about some places that they could go visiting for some amazing scenery. So, of course, one of my favorite places over the years uh, has been uh, the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument and the Grand Staircase Escalante, right up on the northern border of Arizona and the southern border of Utah. These are locations with some amazing slot canyons and just some incredible wilderness. Also, the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument offers The Wave. So if you haven't seen The Wave, all you have to do is go on Google, do a really quick search for The Wave, and you're going to find it. And um, some just stunning, crazy rock formations, stuff that really captivates photographers like myself, um, just beautiful scenery. But the Vermilion Cliffs and the Grand Staircase are these crazy remote locations. So getting down to the trailhead, let's say, for the Wave and for Wire Pass and Buckskin Gulch, which are some slot canyons, um, 
you know, you have to drive on this crazy dirt road uh, to the state line between Arizona and Utah, beautiful red rocks and multicolored rocks all around you. And it is this super, super remote location. Right at the state line, there's a place called State Line Campground. Um, it's a free camping area um, for up to 14 nights. There's no hookups, no electric. It's a total boondocking location. So tenters go there, people who are going to be hiking into the wave or hiking into White Pocket or hiking into Coyote Buttes, they go and camp there. And over the years, I've visited there multiple times, and you are smack dab in the middle of nowhere. So there's no cell service there or heading up Cottonwood Canyon Road into the Grand Staircase, no cell service there. Well, Josh and Lee, when they went up to visit these areas and to do their hikes, um, they of course brought their smartphones with them so they could take pictures. And what was amazing and a little disheartening was that they were sending me images and texts from that area. So the area that used to be so super remote and there was no cell tower connectivity and there's no justification to build a cell tower there because there's not enough cellular traffic um, to justify, you know, spending a million dollars and putting a tower out there. Somewhere out there, there is connectivity now. So my friends were sending me pictures from um, from Wire Pass and from their hike in uh, and, you know, from their visit to the wave area and just mind-blowing to me because one of the things I loved about going to White Pocket and going to the Grand Staircase was the fact that I felt so remote. I felt so disconnected from the world. Um, it used to be going in to visit those areas, like let's say White Pocket, for instance, which is another beautiful rock formation area in the Coyote Buttes. Um, my, there was no cell phone signal there. I was in smack dab in the middle of nowhere after driving through crazy sand dunes. And we tented out there and camped out there so we could do our photography um, at sunrise and sunset and get some of those beautiful colors. Um, I never felt really worried about being out in the middle of nowhere because I'm also a ham radio operator. So I did have a amateur radio with me in the truck. And if there was some kind of emergency, we could get a message out. Uh, for people who weren't ham radio operators, yeah, there is no no way that you're getting in touch with the rest of the world from there. Um, I don't think White Pocket has uh, any cellular connectivity now, but, um, but I can say that uh, near Coyote Buttes, near the Wave, near State Line Campground, there is connectivity. And as a matter of fact, I went up this year uh, in April to go along with some friends to show them a couple of the neat areas up there. Uh, we camped at Waweep Campground um, in Page, Arizona, and um, we paid a visit to the Grand Staircase Escalante and to, um, what do you call it, to uh, Hackberry Canyon uh, up Cottonwood Canyon Road, which is another favorite place for me to photograph. And so that place was usually devoid of people. It is... Uh, 17 miles of off-road driving, some pretty rough roads, and so you're not going to take a rental vehicle in there, and you do need a four-wheel drive vehicle. But when we pulled into the parking area where I'd always found myself alone and be able to enjoy the canyons with just the people that I brought along with me, um, there was actually 10 vehicles um, in the parking areas at Hackberry Canyon, and I had three bars of cell coverage. And I actually made a phone call from the Hackberry Canyon parking area just to say, wow, um, they've got phone coverage in here. 
So there's there's my second example of uh, I think we are getting a little too overconnected, and um, it just changed something about the wilderness experience for me this year. Um, visiting Cottonwood Canyon Road, the Grand Staircase, and the Vermilion, Vermilion Cliffs. So I, I actually feel like it detracted from my experience a little bit because I liked that remote, rugged feel um, when, when I was visiting these places because these are places that very few people ever get to see. And, um, you know, that's why I like doing the photography there, to share that with people. But now, now the crowds are coming. Um, the cell coverage is there. And I hope it doesn't change the overall feel of that kind of backcountry experience. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're using Anchor FM uh, and you're using their app, you can actually send me an audio text message. So if there's any questions you'd like answered um, from the mobile tech side or from the RVing side or from the building your own business side, please feel free to get in touch and maybe we'll include your questions in an upcoming show. Alrighty, that's going to do it for me today. It's 7.11 a.m. here, and I've got to get prepped because this is totally Tech Thursday for me. Because for the next six hours, I will be doing updates and site maintenance for a group of my ongoing maintenance clients that, uh, that work with RLC Design Services. Alrighty, we'll see you on the next podcast, and have an awesome day. 